0: Everyone, thank you for joining me on this episode of One in Five, From Bullied to Healed. To keep the festivities going for National Bullying Prevention Month, I am thrilled to bring on Ava Marvel, one of my dear friends from our alma mater, Monmouth University. Ava and I became friends through our sorority, Alpha Sigma Tau, and together with five other sorority sisters, we make up one amazing girl tribe. Since becoming friends with Ava, I have proudly watched her triumph battle after battle as a result of being bullied by her classmates growing up. Her biggest battle of all is coping with suicide attempts, which is much more common than you think for victims of bullying. According to studies conducted by Yale University, victims of bullying are two to nine times more likely than those not facing victimization to consider suicide. At 28 years old, Ava is finally learning to truly love herself for the beautiful person she is, inside and out. Ava, thank you so much for exemplifying so much bravery and coming onto my show to share your incredibly powerful story.
1: Wow, what an intro. Thanks for having me, Jackie.
0: (laughs) Of course, of course. You deserve the biggest intro ever. You know I love you, and your story deserves to be heard.
1: Aw, you're the sweetest.
0: (laughs) Thank you, girl. So let's start unraveling your one in five story by taking it back to elementary school when the bullying first started for you. You told me before the show that you began to be targeted by bullies, many of which who were your good friends, for your physical appearance and your eccentric personality. Would you please paint a picture of how your appearance and personality led you to first start being bullied? Yeah, sure. So I was a very eccentric looking child and I had a very
1: eccentric personality. I, you know, when you're like young before school age, it was always seen as cute. Like I would ask people random questions. I was completely open to the point where it was like a problem. (laughs) I actually have this memory of going to daycare and this girl asking my mom because I told her that I peed in the shower. (laughs) her her asking my mom if I actually peed in the shower (laughs) my mom was horrified (laughs) she's like no 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 and then I'm I'm over that like yes I do yes I do (laughs) I was I was an overshare for sure and I talked to everyone and anyone who would talk to me and then as far as look wise I was Probably the tiniest person in my class, or one of the tiniest. And I had hair like Mia Thermopolis in The Princess Diaries. (laughs) Great movie. Yeah, this like little girl with this atrociously big hair, buck teeth, glasses. Like I said, when I was really young, it was seen as super cute. But once you get to the school age, it kind of makes you a hot target. (laughs)
0: Well, (laughs) I'm just cracking up over the Mia Thermopolis (laughs) comment because that is the best movie ever. And like Mia Thermopolis, I mean, she turned out to be such a powerful queen and that's what you are. So don't ever forget that girl. No, it's
1: funny because when that movie came out, people would stop me and they're like, oh, you look like Neathermopolis. I'm like, that's like before her glow up. That's not a compliment. <laughs> it's
0: funny, but it's not funny. <laughs> well, the one thing that's good about all this and in the healing process from being bullied is that you can laugh at yourself sometimes. Oh,
1: for sure.
0: You need to. You need to. Yeah. So let me continue this conversation by asking what was your worst experience of being bullied in elementary school and how it made you feel that some of the people you truly trusted turned their backs on you.
1: At the time, social media was on the rise. AIM was, like, a really big thing, and back then, there was no way to verify who was who. It was just kind of, like, they had to tell you in person that that was their screen name in order to know that was their screen name. Uh, I had these two good friends from, like, grades one and four uh, through four, and we hung out. Everything was fine, and then once I got to fifth grade, they created a AIM account that apparently was, you know, some guy who was flirting with me. And like, I kind of started catching on that I was kind of being catfished,
0: <laughs> like uh, as
1: today's day would call it. Um, I thought it was this boy in my class. His name was Josh. So I kept saying, is this Josh? Is this Josh? They kind of took it from there. And they're like, you're so ugly. No one would like you. All these kinds of awful, awful things. I went to school the next day and they actually printed out the whole conversation and they were showing it around to kids in class. And I mean, kids were laughing and stuff like that. But the only reason why I knew is because that kid, Josh, came up to me and he was like, why would you think that was me? That probably was my most traumatic experience in elementary school. And it's funny because I actually ended up dating one of their friends later on in life. And that's all I could think about when we were getting to know each other. And I could never get comfortable with him or with myself during that time. Because I was still in that headspace of being insecure and unworthy.
0: And that right there is a prime example of how bullying can affect victims long-term. Yeah. I've said it again and again in previous episodes that there really are long-term effects I believe that a lot of people think that victims are being affected just in that exact moment, but it affects their mental health down the line. And that's including myself. And I know you share with that too. Yeah. It really does. And it's a lifelong process to heal. It really is. Definitely. So I know you've mentioned a lot about being bullied for your appearance and for your personality. So did that affect the way that you saw yourself growing up? And if so, what insecurities creeped in as a result of your experience?
1: Yeah, I developed social anxiety pretty young. Uh, I could never get comfortable with people. I could never be myself. And I was like super awkward because of it. And then I was also like a pudgy kid. So I kind of always had issues with my body and the way I looked. So I developed an eating disorder really, really early on. And I actually used to go to school and I would throw out the lunch that my mother would give me. I wouldn't have breakfast. And then I would have a little bit of dinner. And that's kind of where everything started. As far as my hair goes, I tried so many things. You can see now that I still get it chemically straightened. I've spent probably 20 grand overall getting my hair straightened. That's like uh, a what? A semester at Mammoth. Probably not. Mama's expensive, but you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it, it all boils down to like someone saying like my hair was not good enough or not pretty. That's what it boils down to.
0: I am so sorry that your bullies caused you to have those insecurities in your life. And especially to have that at such a young age, that is so defining for all your years growing up and even for the rest of your life. So I'm so sorry that you went through all that. I really hope that today you see yourself as truly the beautiful person that you are inside and out. I really hope that for you because <laughs> you, you <try. laughs> because well because you deserve that you deserve that for yourself and for everyone Fiverr out there too they all deserve Absolutely. that as well yeah follow up question to that do you feel that the way you see yourself is still being negatively affected to this day and do you still feel those same insecurities today
1: um, I'm actually kind of working through them now but yeah I struggle with the way I see myself and. I'm constantly looking for validation from others regarding my appearance and my worthiness and stuff like that, especially when it comes to relationships and things like that. Yeah, it does affect you later on in life and how you see yourself.
0: I, I feel that too. Yeah. I really do. I've always found that same thing where I seek validation from other people. I was always that way growing up, being picked on by my other classmates, and I would still try to be friends with them anyway, because that's how I found my self-worth. That's how I looked at my self-worth was the number of friends that I had.
1: Yeah. I know a ton of kids today. It's probably even worse with the rise of social media and Instagram and likes and friends and followers and all this stuff. It's difficult, but you got to know that your self-worth is from how you treat people, not what others see you as.
0: Right on, girl. That is so beautifully said, and it's so true. It really is about the way you treat others, and it's so important to treat others kindly and with respect because in turn, you're going to treat yourself with kindness and respect too.
1: Yeah, and you really never know what someone's going through at home. We talked about this a lot. I had a really difficult home life. To go from being bullied at school to being abused and back and forth, it was awful. I I had no one. It, it drove me to the point of suicidal thoughts and then later suicidal attempts. Yeah, just being kind to someone—you never know what they're going through—and you can literally save a life just by like you know talking to someone, inviting them to sit with you during lunch, or inviting them over, or whatever it is.
0: It's, it's so true. It really is. I remember watching this video a little while ago about a boy who was planning on committing suicide that particular day. This other boy approached him and became his friend. Then about a year later, they fast forwarded it to the boy had told his now friend that he was planning on committing suicide the day that they became friends. It's amazing how just simply being someone's friend, you don't have to be friends with everybody in the world, but just be kind. I think it's a lot easier to be kind to someone else than it is to be mean to someone else. I think it takes a lot more effort to do that. Yeah, for opinion. sure. Kindness of like, is definitely not a weakness, it's
1: a strength for sure. Yes. <laughs>
0: Kind of going back into uh, your story growing up. So unfortunately, the target on your back did stay with you into middle school. Yeah. So tell me, what were a couple of the most outstanding experiences as a victim of bullying during this time in your life?
1: Wow, middle school. Every girl's favorite memories growing up. Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Most of my friends from my school, my, my school had teams. We were connected by four elementary schools and most of my friends from my elementary school were on a different team. So I basically only had like one or two friends that were in my group and they made friends with other people, but I was having a difficult experience with it. So I ended up making friends with whatever. I ended up (laughs) joining this group of girls. Then one day I found out one of them had drawn this picture. And it was of our friend's group. Everyone was drawn. She was an artist. So everyone was drawn like super beautifully. And then there was me and I looked like a cartoon character. Like I had frizzy hair that had taken over the entire picture. I had buck teeth. I was not seen as beautiful as the other ones were. It's funny because we talk about killing them with kindness and being nice to people who bully you. That girl ended up becoming one of my best friends. And today I'm in her wedding. It all comes full circle.
0: That's incredible. And I think that it's a really cool learning experience too, to think that someone who picked on you so much, who affected your outlook on yourself is now one of your best friends. And really, you should see the amount of strength in yourself that you have, that you were able to open up your heart to forgiving this girl, for forgiving her so much to the point that now she's one of your best friends. That's a really amazing thing. And that's something that's very admirable.
1: Yeah. And I I mean, I could see that she was like a a genuine, kind person that was kind of just lost at the moment. And she still struggles with the fact that she bullied me. Like, we've had conversations about it. So I think that's another thing to take into consideration. It's not you. Like, there's something internally going on in that person's life or in that person's head.
0: It's often overlooked what is going on inside the head of a bully. It's a really interesting interview that I would love to do in a future episode is to interview a bully. Because again, as you've mentioned before, you don't know what's going on in their home. You don't know what's going on amongst their friend group. You really don't know and the reasons why they're being led to pick on other people.
1: Another story that this kind of resonates with is... I went to middle school like in 2003 to 2006. So things aren't as progressive as they are now. And one of the worst things you could call a girl in middle school was a lesbian. Worst thing. And this girl who I was friends with, she basically called me a lesbian in front of the guy that I liked. And she knew I liked him. She knew I had feelings for him. It humiliated me to the point where I almost physically hit her. I got suspended for it, you know, and all these things. I later found out that she herself was a lesbian who was probably going through the mindset of not being accepted for that and not being seen for that. So it's interesting how things kind of turn out later on. You start to see clearly what's going on and the backstories.
0: And I know that you had mentioned this to me prior to the show, but it was almost as if she was projecting her insecurities onto you. Exactly, yeah. And, And that's definitely part of a bully's mindset, I believe, is that they tend to project their insecurities onto others.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So then how did these experiences you went through during middle school affect your mental health? And were there any other outside factors? I know you talked about that you were going through being abused at home. Was there anything else other than that that had contributed to your mental health at that point? So both of my parents worked. I was
1: being abused at home. I wasn't allowed to hang out with the friends that I had. We were kind of all trauma bonded (laughs) in a sense that we all had, you know, issues. They acted out in a certain way. My parents were like, yeah, we're not allowing you anywhere near these people. So I basically was alone with my thoughts and things like that. I I started cutting and then it it went to burning and I'm trying to think. That's kind of when the suicidal thoughts um, happened. I got diagnosed with depression and anxiety at this point in my life. I I still struggled with eating. This was around the point when people started making comments to me about my eating and the fact that I wasn't eating.
0: So that, of course, makes your eating disorder advance, too. Yeah. So then these struggles that you were having with your mental health did carry on into high school, as you've told me. And I know that you continue to be bullied then as well. And I share in this experience with you. And for me, during high school, it was the worst of it all. That was the worst of my bullying experience. Would you say that this, the same was true for you? And if so, why?
1: I would say middle school was the worst, honestly. It's funny because these are all different groups of people. Like, although they're, we're all in the same town, this is all different groups of people. But high school took a turn to where it was like, it was borderline sexual harassment. That's when it becomes something completely different than it was. I mean, obviously it's bad all around, but now we're getting to the point where it's
0: like, it's basically a crime. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And that's extremely scary. How did you feel with that ha- the, the sexual harassment? What was that experience like for you? It was a lot of people I didn't know.
1: <laughs> like it was, uh, I was being called names by people in grades above me that I didn't know. And I had things thrown at me. Facebook and, like, MySpace were on the rise at this time, and I know, like, a group of people was taking pictures and, like, doing things to be sexually promiscuous, pretending it was me, or things along those lines. Yeah, it was difficult. It started with name-calling when I was a kid, and now it turns to, like, people throwing things. I had this girl, she took a bunch of cream cheese, and she put it all through my... Those expensive hundred-dollar calculators and all through my bags. Oh she my stole God. my inhaler. I had really bad uh, asthma as a kid. She stole my inhaler. They took my wallet and stuff like that. Yeah, so it like it turned a completely different direction then.
0: I can see that it was. It kind of went from this verbal and rumor kind of bullying experience into almost physical it became physical, which is very scary. And it's funny because you see that depicted in movies so often. But when you talk to victims of bullying in real life about it, nine times out of 10, they weren't physically bullied. It's really crazy to hear that that you had gone through that. And I'm so sorry that you did.
1: It's funny because usually when you think of physical bullying, you think of someone just like flat out punching you in the face or like doing things like that. And it was never that way. Like no one ever hit me. But my stuff was stolen, my stuff was damaged. I had like wrappers thrown at me at the school lunch, things
0: along those lines. Well, again, I'm so sorry that you went through that. And this kind of leads into a next question. So I just want to say before I ask it, I do want you to know, and you probably know this already, but I do want you to know that this is a safe space for you to share whatever you feel comfortable sharing. So, with that being said, would you please discuss how your suicidal thoughts led to your suicide attempt?
1: Talking about bullies having internal issues, I kind of became on myself. And not to the point where I was throwing things and stuff like that, but I did start rumors about people, and it totally backfired. <laughs> I basically had a girl degrade me in the lunch uh, room with everyone watching. Like she was screaming at me, everyone was watching. As soon as I left, everyone got up and applauded her. Then I went online and I got attacked online. And that was kind of like my breaking point. And yeah, I attempted, I remember the exact day because it was two days before I would take my driving test. So it was two days before my 17th birthday. So, yeah, I spent my 17th birthday in a psych ward. It's kind of a a weird uh, situation because, you know, everyone talks about getting their license and all this. It's like a monumental experience. And I unfortunately didn't get that until later on.
0: But it's okay that you didn't get it until later on because you're running your own race. Exactly. Yeah. You're running your own race. So I'm just really happy that you were in the best place that you could be even though it wasn't the most ideal place to be, you were in the best place on that day. Yeah, absolutely. So another thing that you had mentioned earlier is kind of talking about that uh, safe space conversation that we had discussed earlier. I know that everywhere you went, you, you couldn't find it. You couldn't find that physical safe space. So was there anything that kind of helped put you into a mental safe space, whether it was maybe listening to music? I know you love music maybe going on a nice drive or any extracurricular activities? It's so funny
1: because at this time, like
0: emo music was
1: in its prime. I remember this Simple Plan song and you'll remember it too. Welcome to my life. That song was like my anthem. I would scream that song in the basement. Like Simple Plan is the only people that understand me. (laughs) (laughs) Like it just made me feel so seen. So cool. uh, yeah yeah and the other thing is I was in middle school I was constantly in the guidance counselor's office and our guidance counselor was the head of this club called react a lot of people know interact but react was like the middle school version and that's how I started volunteering and I developed my love of helping people and it really really humbled me and I also learned how important relationships are in my life I feed off of other people and how they feel. And it really got seen at that moment. Everything kind of comes together looking at it now, but it really was a pivotal moment in my life.
0: I know for me too, we had an interact club in high school, but although I didn't participate in that, I was part of Key Club in my high school and I was vice president of it my senior year. So very similar to you, pouring myself into the service of others That was very healing. And that's what I continue to do today with my bullying prevention efforts is pouring myself into the service of victims of bullying. And that in turn is very healing for my heart with my personal experience.
1: For sure. Yeah.
0: There's something very therapeutic about it. Definitely. So with you pouring yourself into the service of others, is this leading you into a certain career direction?
1: Yeah. I've always thought about doing social work. I honestly never fit in anywhere else. I was never like a really artsy kid or um, a really athletic kid. It just was my place. I have become so passionate about the underdog, the people who are often seen as the most vulnerable population, whether they're LGBT or people of color or people with disabilities or anything like that. It's kind of driven me to be an advocate for them in many ways.
0: That's really great. I'm so happy that your experience helped lead you into finding this incredible passion in your life of social work. That's amazing. It really is. And I feel the same way about my experience as a victim of bullying, that it's leading me into a career direction of going into teaching because I want to be on the front lines of when bullying is taking place. It's the best place to be is right there with the students and sharing close bonds with them to help them to get through those painful times in their lives.
1: Yeah. And I can say like, I have certain teachers that I look back on and I'm like, without this teacher, I don't know where I would be, especially my guidance counselor. I could speak the world of her. Like she, she basically saved my life. I spent at least two days a week in her office every single day throughout middle school. I, I don't think I would be here without her. So teachers do have such a strong impact. And I know you especially will have a strong impact.
0: Thank you so much for saying that. That's so sweet. But it just goes to show though, how life-changing teachers, guidance counselor, all the faculty and staff at schools, how life-changing they can be in a student's life. For sure. And that's why it's so crucial for schools to be really on top of it with bullying prevention rules and certain standards that they follow. So- Probably this is going to be the biggest question that I'm going to ask you. And that is, what is the biggest piece of advice you could share to a victim of bullying who is having a similar experience to yours in this exact moment? So a couple of things have helped me. Stepping back from the situation
1: and like looking at it from all perspectives, kind of like the bully's eyes. Sometimes, like, like we've talked about, there's an internal battle there and trying to have compassion for them. Writing has been huge for me, writing down how I feel and my thoughts, just to get them out there. I always suggest someone go s- sees a therapist because therapy is, I-, I think everyone should see a therapist.
0: It you should be talk,
1: normalized. Yeah, you need to work through things and you need to talk about your problems. <laughs> <laughs> and then I think just kind of being kind to yourself. And knowing that just because someone says something to you doesn't make it true. As cliche as it sounds, it does get better. (laughs) Like once I got out of the school age, like the grade school age, I found the most amazing friends. Uh, Jackie, being one of them.
0: (laughs) I love you.
1: (laughs) And I have people who love me unconditionally for me. Like all the things that I was bullied about are all those people's favorite things about me. (laughs) I am just incredibly grateful. (laughs) I have so much love in my life that I wish I could go back and tell my younger self it's going to be okay.
0: That is a hundred million percent true. And I think that what you just said is going to speak volumes to one in fivers everywhere. Let me ask this follow-up question then. If the victim of bullying told you he or she is having suicidal thoughts, what would you tell him or her? Whether it's a positive affirmation or maybe something that they can do. I know you had mentioned a couple of things already.
1: Go talk to someone, whether it's a parent, a guidance counselor, a friend, anyone that you feel you can confide in because those thoughts don't just go away. You have to work through them. You need
0: all the help that you can get. I think that's such a huge part of it is working through them rather than distracting yourself away from them. You have to really feel those emotions deeply and really work through them. Try to find the source of that because that's the only way that you're going to be able to really work through them and overcome them.
1: Absolutely. I think coping skills are great for in the moment, but to heal overall, you have to work through them.
0: I agree with that 100%. So then in your opinion, what are the best resources for victims of bullying to seek if they are having suicidal thoughts, besides a mental health therapist, as you had mentioned?
1: If it gets to that point, call the police. <laughs> police are specifically trained on how to talk to you and how to help you at that time. There are tons of great resources out there right now. I know the crisis text line, if you don't want to just get on the phone and like talk to someone and vent, they will work through it with you. And if they think that you are in danger to yourself at that moment, they will contact the police for you. There's also the suicide hotline. I'm sure there's a bullying hotline and things like that. Talk to someone. (laughs) Don't bottle it up.
0: Definitely. And there is actually a bullying hotline out there. It's through Stomp Out Bullying. You can go online to stompoutbullying.com and you can talk about whatever you're going through with some specialists on there, which I think is really amazing. One thing I would hope for with a bullying prevention hotline is that it could be directly connected to a crisis text line, the suicide hotline, if an anti-bullying specialist believes that the victim that they're talking to is a danger to themselves.
1: I uh, worked at our rape crisis center for a while and you're specifically trained in that moment that if their person is of danger, you call the police and then the police will go there. So I'm sure they are trained as well and they want to protect your utmost safety and make sure everything's okay.
0: Right on. That's very, very true. So on that note, what I just want to say to my one in fivers out there. If you're a one-in-fiver who is experiencing suicidal thoughts, just like Ava has, I want you to know how much you are loved, adored, cherished, and valued. Whether you know me personally or not, I love you, and I am here for you. Whether it's for the simple warm embrace of a hug, or for you to let out your pain by talking to me about it. Although I'm not a licensed mental health therapist, I am here to listen and to show you that your purpose in this world is far beyond what you see in yourself. You are powerful, you are strong, you are brave, you are courageous, and you are worthy. My hand is extended out to you as a reminder of the king or queen you are and always have been. Ava, thank you so much for being a warrior in the line of war against bullying and doing so for every little boy and girl who is going to look up to you after hearing your amazing testimony I am so proud to call you one of my dear friends and I want you to always remember that our girl tribe loves you for everything that you are. Thank you for having me. Love our girl tribe. (laughs) Love you. Love you more. And of course it's my pleasure and it's my honor. Thank you to all of my one in fivers for listening to this awesome episode of one in five from bullied to healed until next time.